Hello there, and welcome to episode four of the Star Wars Universe podcast. I'm your host, James, and in this episode, we have a conversation with a listener who has been listening from the beginning, Josh Hoyt. Very good conversation it was as well, and I very much appreciated his time. So at this point in time, I'm going to hand back to past James and hear what him and Josh have to say. And with me this month, I would like to extend a very warm welcome to Josh Hoyt, a uh, listener from the beginning, which, uh, to be fair, wasn't that long ago. But thank you, Josh, for joining us. Uh, we spoke very, very early on about you coming on the cast, and I'm glad it's finally happened. How are you? I'm great. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here today. Uh, big fan. Uh, I got to hear about your podcast through the uh, the saga continues because I, I follow those guys and, and interact with them online. And, uh, you know, I just love talking to and listening to people who are actually positive about Star Wars and, and not negative. So, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's certainly the uh, the vibe I'm going for here. It's uh, if I don't like something, that's totally fine. Um, not everything is going to be for me. Um, and if someone out there can, can get some joy from it, then that, that makes me happy. So it's, uh, I can find joy in star Wars from multiple different avenues. So, um, it's not necessarily all about my own personal consumption. So it's, uh, definitely want to keep this a positive space and, um, and yeah, no, I really appreciate you appreciate you hopping on and uh, and joining me for, for, for this little interview segment that I'm so seems to be doing every episode at the moment. <laughs> so we'll jump right in. So when, when did you first get into star Wars? So for me, I'm I'm 45. So uh, I, my, one of my most anticipated gifts for for the holidays when I was a little kid was the Millennium Falcon. So you know, getting getting the Millennium Falcon and the X-wing and Tie Fighter and and my Darth Vader um, figurine holder. Uh, you know that that was my first experience. Uh, you know, for me was the toys because you know it was uh, every kid was playing with it. And then uh, you know, getting the first time I ever went to the movies to see one was Return of the Jedi when I was five. So you know, I remember I remember it vividly. Couldn't wait. The projector broke an hour into the movie and they couldn't fix it, so we had to come back the next day. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, least, that place was first. But, yeah, first Return of the Jedi was my was my first movie experience and for me it's just been a, an everlasting love ever since then brilliant i'll be honest with you that's kind of knocked my second question on the head so we'll just in, we'll just combine the two because it was the uh what was your first interaction outside of the movie or stroke tv shows and it's uh, obviously the toys is is what you yep. what you're in was which is um which is great obviously it's kind of an assumption that everyone will get in via the movies in some way um, yeah but the fact that you got it got into it by the toys is, is is brilliant it just shows everyone that there's there's no true entry into the fandom i guess it's mm-hmm. uh or no obvious way it's just however you discover it is however you discover it but yeah you're saying some of the things there like the millennium falcon the tie fighter the darth vader figure case um, um yeah atat or at, at whatever you want to call it that was to me even though i love i won the millennium falcon once i got that going out in the snow as a kid and just reliving the hoth battle was was uh, you know and then incorporating gi joe like snow cat into that was like the greatest my own cinematic universe as a kid so uh, they call it playing in the sandbox for a reason don't they yeah. so it's uh and in your case it was a snow box yeah no absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic to hear that and there's so many different ways to to get into it and and the toys certainly george lucas would have been happy with you picking up a, a number of toys because that was obviously yeah he struck the deal of, deal of a lifetime <laughs> yeah what kills me is my you know they're they're 
when I moved out and, and uh, out of my parents' house years ago, my mom still had them, but they got water damage in their basement and they all got mold and destroyed. And now I just huddle in the fetal position in a corner thinking about that. So. <laughs> Devastating to hear. Devastating to hear, but probably yep. not a very uncommon story. Either. Yep, yep. Um, so obviously original trilogy is, is, is sort of your era of entry. What were your thoughts on the prequels when they when they came out and the build up to it? Because obviously there was a there was a huge sort of toy ramp up as well in the mm-hmm. years preceding and, and and the build up of Heir to the Empire and various other um, novels coming out and things like that. So um, what were your initial thoughts? Because there was there's always that split feelings about mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy at the moment, which I, I'm kind of looking at going, we'll revisit that in 10 to 15 years and see. Yeah see what people actually think about it because uh i was a prequel kid yeah i remember living through uh the this isn't star wars the original trilogy is the only thing that's star wars and all the rest <laughs> of it and uh yeah and and i grew up going no this is this is my star wars this is what i'm growing up with and and looking back now obviously there's a lot more people out there my age that sort of minded so what what were your thoughts on when the prequels were announced and, and were coming out and you were actually seeing them so i i was thrilled i mean for me i was in college so uh, what was so awesome for me, like just going a little bit before the prequels was, is they re-released the original trilogy in theaters before the prequels came out. So I had never seen Star Wars or The Empire Strikes Back in a movie theater because I was too little. So going, being able to go and watch the sequel trilogy in the theaters was unbelievable. Like Empire Strikes Back in a theater other than Avengers Endgame, perhaps might be the, the you know, to me, like the, the, the and maybe Infinity War, the, the, the greatest theatrical moments. Like I was at Penn State in college at the time and the theater was sold out and people were literally hooting and hollering. And I'm not a hooting and holler with movies because I like to hear stuff, but it was so energetic and awesome. So it just made the excitement for the prequels that much energetic. And, you know, I was one of those people who I was first in line. Uh, even dressed up, <laughs> dressed up as Darth Maul for for the Phantom Menace in college, uh, for that. And you know, at first, I I really enjoyed the Phantom Menace. I loved it. I, my I, I I wish Darth Maul was in it a little bit more, but I loved it. Um, Attack of the Clones, I was eh with, but still enjoyed it. And Revenge of the Sith, I loved. And I. I still was one of those people that, you know, oh, the the original trilogy is still the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And then during COVID, I I worked from home most of the time. I ended up watching The Clone Wars and I never because I never got a chance to really watch that. And when I watched The Clone Wars, I absolutely fell in love with the prequel trilogy because of that, because of how much storytelling was done. And and, you know, for me right now, and even my son will say the same thing. Revenge of the Sith is our favorite Star Wars movie. And and it is, and people don't realize like just how I don't want to say it's adult oriented, but the adult storytelling that's there in the Clone Wars that just helps to to really I don't want to say fill in the gaps, but just provide you with a little bit more clarity on the prequel trilogy. I think if people watch that, people would have a lot more respect for the prequel trilogy. I understand people who who may not like certain things. I mean, I will to me, Empire Strikes Back is my it to me is like the pinnacle of Star Wars, but movie wise and and lightsaber fights and story and you know i've i have a picture my son and i this summer went to we got we went to the um the fandom thing in philadelphia we got our picture taken with um hayden christensen because we just love that movie so so very very much so so that no. that would be my take attack of the clones i'm still like uh, i'll watch if it's on i'll watch it 
but like to me that's that's the one that's the weakest at, out of them but i i still enjoy it because i love mace windu and uh you know i i, I love just the how they build up the clones and you know when you watch that clone wars the clones themselves become it, a, a real emotional arc you know and, and and people that you appreciate and people who are watching stuff now if you really want to know who captain rex was that's your opportunity to go back and learn so much about that so yeah and i love i love the fact that taking captain rex specifically they've kind of retconned him into return of the jedi because there's obviously mm-hmm. that guy with a big beard and yes and yes they're just gone yeah that's rex um and yeah then it's, like, it's great <laughs> why not why not yeah. and and yep. so rex has been throughout from the beginning of the clone wars because obviously he's a gen one clone all the way through to um at least the battle of endor and what he does after that we don't know we didn't see him in ahsoka did we but for me the love and care that was taken with the clone wars is out of this world i i, I feel very similar to you in, in terms of probably ranking of, of the prequel trilogy episode three is is by far and away my favorite star wars film when you watch that having seen the clone wars it just builds and it adds so many more different layers and and especially that little moment in season seven where where ahsoka has the conversations the hollow conversations with obi-wan with with the with the council they're taken straight out of the film Mm -hmm. and 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 those moments and so it just adds again layer upon layer and absolute hats off to d bradley baker who voices mm-hmm. the clones? Um, he has been able to through the Bad Batch as well. Oh, the, love the Bad Batch! Yep. Yeah, love it. Um, he's been able to create like different personalities and different. Almost, it's the same voice, but they're different voices. Yep. And that is that is a skill that I don't think many people truly appreciate, and and certainly don't lord it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he's absolutely fantastic at what he does and what he's done with fives and and rex and and jesse and and <laughs> there's just so many isn't there there's yeah. cody but yeah and and now it's being taken that one step further into live action with tamura morrison coming back as well and even though it's not d bradley baker it's still tamura morrison mm-hmm. doing a d bradley baker impression almost isn't it it's just to keep that continuity going and it's 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 absolutely phenomenal um addition to sort of the between episode two and three um even the bad batch like you you look at when that got announced i was like all right i liked that episode i I don't know what what are they going to do with this and when the bad batch season two ended like i i sent a message to tim uh over at the saga continues and just went i need it tomorrow like i need season three now like i i started my my watch when when they, when the Mandalorian and Bad Batch were overlapping, I started it by I watched the Bad Batch first and then I watched Mando second. Halfway through the season, I flipped it like I because I couldn't wait to watch the Bad Batch because it was just and I still love Mando, but Bad Batch just I don't know for what reason the storytelling and and how it just became so emotional and 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 so family oriented and just the the storyline it was just just so so amazing and such a fun fun show to watch couldn't agree with you more who's your favorite bad batch man, member then that's a little extra bonus question i'll throw in oh it's, it's hunter yeah i i, I, okay. I I'm a big fan of hunter I, I mean crosshairs crosshairs is very intriguing i that was the only thing like i thought mm. they turned him quick but uh, crosshairs i i just like how he's short to the point and very analytical 
and uh, Hunter to me just I I, I love that whole he's kind of like Rambo but also just kind of this a leader people follow and respect and how he kind of changed from this hardcore Rambo like person to this to this dad you know he just reminds me so much of like Din Djarin like he 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 really took on like a very similar very similar arc to Din Djarin couldn't agree with you more on there my, my personal favorite is tech but yeah no in terms of in terms of what you're saying about the attack of the clones episode two stuff um being the weakest i would probably agree with you i think there's some very very important developments within that film that if you take out all of the really bad sort of romantic dialogue like george lucas is on record saying he can't write romance and and that is abundantly clear from that film <laughs> if you take a lot of that out and just sort of look at it as like the big set pieces. It's a phenomenal film. Oh, it um, is. I mean, Christopher Lee's Count Dooku in there. I mean, he was he was a top three villain. I mean, he was absolutely he was he was amazing. You know, and how it it built up. It just built up the threat of the loom the loomingness of the empire. Absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, there were there were some parts in it that I did I truly loved. I mean, there was some just some great interactions with Grievous and and Obi Wan in there that were were phenomenal and. Uh, you know, just you really saw just setting the stage of the empire, and, but yeah, so it's just some of the, the those romance things. It was like, okay, we get it, right? You know, uh, what I felt bad about that, I remember, is people crushed, crushed Hayden Christensen, and it wasn't, it wasn't him. It was just the writing, and and he did what he was given, uh, and I did. I felt so so bad for him. I really did. Still to this day, I told him that when I met him, like uh, it just, I said I loved him and I appreciate everything he did, and I was always in his corner, so. Yeah, and 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 there's there's I'm so glad that Hayden's come back to the franchise yeah. and and been welcomed with such love and appreciation from the fans, and and I will say Ahmed Best as well has has received mm-hmm. that as well, Absolutely. and obviously with his um sort of redemption performances Keller and Beck, and I know I know they're never going to bring him back into the franchise in any format because of the problems that were indirectly caused by Star Wars, but I really hope they make good with jake lloyd as well because his portrayal as as little anakin was i thought fantastic yeah and and he was in my top five favorite things of of that film i teared uh, up for hayden christensen when he star wars celebration when they brought him out i wasn't there i when i watched the live tube you like my my wife had drove her nuts she's like what are you watching and i'm like it's (laughs) uh, it can't be there so i have to watch it right and and when they brought him out and he just took that little pause and you could see like him just swallow his Adam's apple. I I teared up for him because there's just he is so deserving of that because people don't realize that his lightsaber improvisations and 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 what he does his own are, are are come right from the heart and passion and are just flat out amazing. Like yeah. people haven't watched the behind the scenes stuff on what he does with a lightsaber. You have to do that because it is phenomenal. Well, he in, he invented that that move, yep. didn't he? The, the Anakin yep. twirl, yep. as it's now known, and um, he he invented that, and he threw himself into that development with with Nick Gillard, was it the Swordmaster yeah. from from the prequels? Yeah, he threw himself into that with 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 Ewan McGregor as well, and mm-hmm. what they created with the Mustafar fight is legendary, in mm-hmm. my view. It's absolutely legendary, and they're going to have to go away to to top that in in either live action or or animation for me um Mm -hmm. i think the closest they've come to it for me personally is is ahsoka versus maul in -hmm. season seven of the clone wars that was absolutely fantastic and yeah i just hope something can be done about jake lloyd to kind of 
bring that man some peace um, because that was the that was the bad side of the fandom, wasn't it? The, the, yeah. It's, so it's, that was one of the best teasers of uh, that. You want to talk about one of the best movie poser te- movie poster teasers of all time was in the desert and the shadow of Vader in the background on the on the side. I, I mean, you, you I, I haven't found anything, anything that comes close to to a visual of teasing something like that. The, the, the closest thing Star Wars that I found to that was that was in the Ahsoka episode where. It was doing the, the Clone Wars flashbacks and Anakin's walking and and they you know and they tease that that's what it reminded me of was that yeah but a still teaser that just tells you everything is such a cool I have that poster in my basement at home it's just it's so cool it was certainly one I I, I had on my wall unfortunately I've probably lost yeah. it now to, to time <laughs> but I think the only other thing I can immediately think of because it it has to be Anakin to Vader doesn't it it has yeah. to be that image and yeah as you say that moment in Ahsoka where he's walking away and he sort of flashes yep. Vader and back again is is absolutely sublime in the Mortis arc when the brother oh, yeah yeah and he he sort of screams no and he's done in the cloud come Vader's yep. helmet that's the only other iconic image I think I could have ever put on it but I think it's something obviously obviously both being parents there's something visceral about it being Anakin as a child with that mm-hmm. shadow looming over him. And it's like, that's that's Shmi's child's destiny. Yeah, and that's why if you watch the Clone Wars, it becomes that more emotional because you just see all the good he did and all the things that, all the stories he was involved in and the choices he made. And, you know, people, you know, without watching that, people's knowledge base is just based upon those movies. Well, you just have to go on the fact that he's known as the hero with no fear. And and it's just it's all just kind of hearsay, isn't it? It's it's mm-hmm. it's it is fantastic the way the Clone Wars fleshes out such a well, let's face it, it was such a throwaway line in in A New Hope, wasn't it? Of of yeah. just um and then however many tens of years later we we get the get that series and it just fleshes out the entire process and 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 the the layering of the, of the stories and all the different characters and just an absolutely sublime piece of story writing as well. And and it trans transitioned through the Disney acquisition, which could have completely mm-hmm. derailed it. And it didn't. Um, that's that's a credit to to Dave Filoni, who kind of obviously straddled that fence, played played on both both sides of it through that process. And 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 obviously he's getting his just rewards now with the with the Mandoverse and the movie, the pending yeah. movie. So um very much looking forward to that that coming out and just some more news on it really yeah obviously we've spoken about anakin at length who is your favorite character it is it's, it is anakin so yeah. i mean that's i think that's that's clear i i'm not somebody who shells i'm not somebody who goes and meets celebrities like that was a that was a one and doneer for me you know and the only other person that i would ever consider doing that would be chris evans because i have my captain america shield on the wall but but you know for me it was just that i was you always wondered, like when 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 Obi Wan, when you're a kid and you're watching that, and he talks about Anakin Skywalker. My father was a Jedi, and he was this great star, this great pilot, and uh, you know he fought in the Clone Wars, like all that stuff that we didn't even, we never knew we were going to get. And then you know you you watch that story, and uh, you know for me it was always Luke. And then when I watched the Clone Wars, it became Anakin because of just how much more story was told. And then when it continued in the uh in the obi-wan series and i know people had some mixed things about that but i just absolutely loved love that series and that line of you know you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did was just like i have probably watched that episode 
30 times because the light, the just the acting, but his story of just such struggle, he did what he did for love. He did what he did to protect, you know, and you said, like you said, we're parents. Like you think about what would you do to save your family? And yeah. um, I'm not saying I would go around slaughtering people or slaughter children, but you know, but he <laughs> might have taken it a bit far. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just that, you know, you know, as a parent, you know, my kids are, my kids are 13 and 10 and when they face struggles the things that you want to do to help them and you know but but also that power that he wielded and now knowing that he was also a teacher and a padawan like he started to put all those things together and the relationship he had with rex and how he viewed he viewed obi-wan as a brother but i think also as a father both way you know and as a best friend and you know just all those different people when he makes that line of like, you know, when he says to Ahsoka that everything that's a part of me is now a part of you. And you think about all those people that impacted him. It's just like, to me, like he is just one of the most intriguing movie characters of all time because he's Darth Vader is probably the most recognized villain in movie history, but a lot of people don't understand Anakin Skywalker. And that's the part that, that, that I love. I love the Anakin Skywalker part of it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's he's such a complex character, but his goals are so simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the the brilliance of of Anakin Skywalker. Um, even before the Clone Wars came out, and we got all of this information, mm-hmm. um, like the novels that were written about him. So there's there's one called Jedi Trial, which is I can't remember who it's by. Basically, him going from Padawan to Knight and the trial he goes through. And and it's, you really see, even in that, the bond he develops with, with the clones and mm-hmm. the bond which he was hoping to have with Obi-Wan against the bond he actually had with Obi-Wan, which if obviously Qui-Gon hadn't, hadn't lost the Jewel of the Fates, then, then it would have been a very clear Qui-Gon as a father figure, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan as a brother figure, and the Jedi Order as his extended family. Um, And I think, obviously, there is part of me that does does want and doesn't want a What If series. Yeah. (laughs) But I think there's some real interesting stories they could tell. Oh, 100%, Uh, yes. That was the first thing my son said. He's like, when we watched What If from Marvel, he said, Dad, could you imagine if they made a What If? What if Anakin stayed on the light side? I'm like, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, you're right. It's just just purely of, of, I think it would just hinge on what if Qui-Gon beat Maul. Like, the way Qui-Gon viewed the Force is so unique Mm -hmm. to that era of Jedi. Obviously, we're we're exploring the High Republic era at the moment, and there's a lot of different ways of viewing the Force that have been highlighted through Phase 1 and 2 of that. And hopefully we get more of that information in Phase 3. It's so interesting how Qui-Gon viewed it and how Dooku viewed it as well, because I think Dooku viewed it very, very similarly. obviously trained Qui-Gon and took him on as a Padawan for a reason. And the the tales of the Jedi sort of touch on it a little bit. And yeah, I'm desperate for more stories about. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually I would love to see tales from the Sith. I would love to see a tales from the Sith series as well. Yeah. just to, to see a different Sith. side of that. that. Yeah, uh, I think they can they can go whichever way they want with that. I think I think there's enough stories to to sort of tell uh, a number of seasons of Tales of the Jedi, uh, focusing on the relevant Jedi and specifically. I I would love. Some episodes on Yoda, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> he's my personal favorite. But um, I would love to uh, see things like uh, you know around the path and 
and, and you know how maybe they tried to save Jedi during the mm. during the purge and uh, you know there's just there's all these little hints and seeds they put in there about all these potential little stories they could tell so yeah no for sure absolutely and and I'm I'm desperate I'm I'll happily take any storytelling they yeah. give they'll get to what I want them to get to eventually and and I will enjoy it at that time is there's no rush we've got we've got the rest of our lives really and so obviously we've spoken a lot about characters so obviously the next obvious question which which is um they are virtually characters in themselves do you have a favorite ship I I don't know if you classify this as a ship like I said the AT-AT or AT-AT whatever you want to call it that is my favorite vehicle (laughs) by far like that I mean that was the all-time greatest toy because of just what it could do. But you cannot go anywhere, at least I can't go anywhere in the snow without envisioning and seeing one of those things. Like it's just such a such a menacing, menacing vehicle for for them to use. The sound and it's like, you know, it, it's like Jurassic Park with robots. Like it is the best way to describe it. And yeah, uh, you know, just how menacing and how how huge they were. Like it's just a really, really uh, amazing and, and and how they were taken down like the creativity of taking them down was obviously really neat but you know and then what I, what I love about it is how in the sequel trilogy they modified those based upon what they learned about mm-hmm. how they came down so but yeah to me those will those will always be like like to me a, a, an absolute favorite one now I I do a lot of Lego Star Wars and Lego Marvel and like that's my uh, that that's my my creme de la creme is my my Lego Star Wars AT-AT so one of the sort of two or three crown jewels I had in my my Lego Star Wars collection was the motorized AT-80. Yeah. <laughs> and I always used to like get it walking across my room and um, with with Luke hanging off the belly and stuff yeah. like that. It was, I was I was I loved that that build. Um, it was so much fun. I used to have it like we had a little dog and I used to, I used to just go there like you stick your hand in with the, with the toy you'd be able to maul around and the dog would bark and go nuts and <laughs> <laughs> but yes um yeah no and I've, i seem to have been immersing myself a little bit in, in 8080s recently um like literally in the last couple of days uh i've been listening to the from a certain point of view empire strikes back um and i'm, I'm at that point in hoth uh where it's all around the AT-AT and, and yeah. taking it down and, and sort of the, the arrogance of the drivers and things like that. And I've also been playing Jedi Fallen Order recently and I've, I've <laughs> I got I got to drive an AT-AT and yeah. I, was sat there, I was sat there doing it with the biggest grin on my face. Yep. And, and I think my wife came downstairs and went, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm driving an AT-AT. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, and it's I actually getting to do the, the guns and everything. Um, it is different from just sort of being in the third person view in like a Lego Star Wars game where you get to sort yeah. of clump around and shoot things where you're actually in the cockpit and seeing it. It's it was different. Yep. Very, very good. I felt a bit bad about blowing up quite a lot of Kashyyyk, but um, <laughs> <laughs> not not too bad to stop. But yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of the AT-ATs as well. It's, um, yeah, they're probably one of my favorite ground vehicles going and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a good choice. So I think I probably know the answer to this, given where the conversations has gone so far. But do you, do you have a favorite era at all? You know, it's it is tough. Like I, my if if you my favorite Star Wars series arc is Rebels. Like that is my like that is like when I look at like if you you start something and you end not end it but like where it left off, but what it did from characters, story, relationships, lore, all that is Star Wars Rebels. If you go to the movie side of things. You know, I, I'm still an original original trilogy person, but the, the prequels are right there. So they really are. They're right there. Do you throw Rogue One in when you say 
original trilogy? Oh, 100%. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> to me, Rogue One is a gift you get from a relative that you never see, that you were not expecting. And when you opened it, you're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest gift I've ever got. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 that was one of the first times that I walked out of a movie when I was done and immediately bought a ticket and went right back in to watch it again was Rogue One. I was so bummed when they announced that Andor was being pushed off for another year the other day, but it'll, it'll be here. So it'll be Conse- Consequence of the uh, right yeah. to strike, which, um, yeah, it's that bittersweet, isn't it? Because obviously you want them to have the pay they deserve, but also you don't want to... <laughs> please, yes. don't, please don't delay my Star Wars. <laughs> yes. I support yeah. what they did, but selfish, selfish in the, as a consumer. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, as you say, it, it'll be here before we know it, and um, and we've got a couple of things next year, haven't we? Uh, we've got the acolyte. Um, yeah, I think Bad Batch has been pushed, which is a shame. We've got something else as well. I can't think. Still waiting for them to announce. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking, for, I'm waiting for the Bad Batch announcement, hopefully, and then um, I think oh, uh, Skeleton Crew. Yeah, Skeleton Crew. Yeah, I'm skeleton intrigued crew. by that. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, because that's set in the in the Mandoverse, in, in the Mandoverse yep. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting. I have mixed feelings about Jude Law. Uh, so <laughs> I'll give it a go. Uh, it's, yep. it's it's Star Wars, so I'll always give it a go. And if I don't like it, then I'll persevere and make sure I just tick it off yeah. my completed list, <laughs> sort of thing. I mean, what they've given, I can't not support what they're going to put out there because of mm. the track record has just been that good. So. Absolutely. Whilst I've I've been obviously quite vocal in, in, in recent episodes that Andor wasn't really for me, I'm, I might actually change my tune on that because I very much see it as I've only seen half of it so far. Okay. And I can't, can't really because it was it was being talked about as being released as one. Uh, yeah. one one long season they decided to cut it in half which naturally is going to make it slower because they're obviously stretching it out to fill out mm-hmm. two seasons. And I think my personal view on it is, is it suffered for that. But I also appreciate that a lot of people absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And that's brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. And I am reserving my judgment. There were moments in that series blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And I really, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but I really enjoyed seeing like the inner workings of the Empire. Yeah. That really intrigued me. You see the ruthlessness and the just the... Uh... The very sinister and mm. and uh sinister side but the cutthroat like i forget the actor uh he's been he's in so many different movies but the one who played uh, basically the the head of the isb like he was just his scenes were great like he was just phenomenal and uh you know how you know when he when he says to deidre just you know watch your back like you know that 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 was just like yep yep did that's exactly what a cutthroat organization is like so did he play filch in um harry potter I think he did. Like he, I know he was just in the crown. He was in the the prime. He was one of the prime ministers in the crown. And uh, he's he's been in like just a lot. He's a great actor. I can't remember his name, but he's he's in a, a lot of lot of movies and and shows. So is a he he plays a great role. Yeah, beloved British actor whose name is completely escaping me, and I feel yeah. terrible for that. I'm right terrible now. with names. I'm like Paul. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I I do spend a lot of my a lot of my time going. Hey, it's that guy. Yep. And go straight on IMDb. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Who's he been? What else has he been in? Um, yep. And it, yeah, it, it drives my wife insane. She's like, "Are you even watching this?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching. I just need to know." But yeah, no, it's it's there's there were elements of the yeah the inner workings, and there were a couple of things in there that I think just 
didn't fit Andor, like the whole um oh, actually no, that was in Mando. I'm getting that completely mixed up. I was thinking that it's a trap joke. Um, oh. which for me just really didn't land. It wasn't appropriate yeah. for the for the context of the show. But uh, but no, that was um I think um, Andor, if they would have done and released the episodes in bulks three bulks of three, I mm. think that that would have helped a lot because there were like, you know, when you got to that penultimate or when you got to that that quote unquote third the third finale the three it really really helped it was like three mini arcs that were there i enjoyed it because i just love i I love like the spy aspect of it i i you know enjoy i'm looking forward to seeing even almost how sinister the rebellion came because they show they showed so many aspects of that in rogue one and and how they did things that were considered you know heinous and 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 criminal so yeah i'm looking forward to see how that goes uh you know, the, the prison episode was 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 a, a, a it's just an awesome episode. I, I thought that that was that was really great. I kind of had a feeling that they were building parts for the for the Death Star. I thought that that was the direction they were going in. So yeah, and and there's part of me that kind of wishes they hadn't shown it, but there's part of me that's so glad that they did because that that image of of the dismantled super yep. laser is uh, that was my computer wallpaper like that afternoon <laughs> but you see the, uh, the background there that's my yeah. my wall my canvas art on the wall there so yeah no absolutely and, and yeah as you say there's there's the moment where i can't swim yeah and and, and you you don't get any resolution to that yeah. you don't know if he was captured or killed or or he had a go or someone helped him i'm reserving judgment and and it's always that thing of whenever i talk about it with someone i go it wasn't really for me, but then I, when I talk about so many things I loved in it, I go, maybe it was for me. <laughs> and I just, but yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't for me, but I didn't not like it. Right. Um, it, It's still good Star Wars. And, and yeah, there's, there's, there's things in there. There's characters in there. I think one of the things I didn't like about it is they made it a gray area. And that was one of the things I didn't like about Rogue One. And I, I love Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things of of like no I I watch Star Wars for good guys and bad guys I don't yeah. want a gray area and I, I want a clean redemption yeah <laughs> I don't I don't want there to be any repercussions for it and I know that that is not how life works yeah but that's why but I that's go to a galaxy, to that's why, to get, yeah to get that's a, why I go uh, to a galaxy far far away for that stuff yeah 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 <laughs> and and I know that that's um that's kind of a flawed way of looking at uh, realistic storytelling but um but it's very much kind of what i like about it i like the fact that yoda is incorruptible but i also love the fact that that he he has shown glimpses of glimpses of it uh, whether that be in season six of the clone wars where it was visually seen sort of the little the little dark yoda and there's also a moment in a book called dark rendezvous which is very much legends now but uh he goes and meets dooku on sereno and Dooku tries to turn him and Yoda gives him a glimpse of what that would look like. And it terrifies and horrifies Dooku. And uh, if if you ever see me on, on Discord or anything, my, my profile picture is, is a, an artist's conception of, of a Sith Yoda. I love the idea of that, but I also love the fact that he's completely uncorruptible. Yeah. But on the flip side, I love the fact that Anakin was redeemed. Uh, so <laughs> I make no sense in terms of what I like. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's, I also appreciate very good, just good writing, which Andor absolutely yeah. was. 
It's, yeah, uh, you know, my dad's one of those people, like, he went and saw them, you know, he's in the 70s, saw the original ones, but didn't watch anything afterwards. And I, mm. I tried to tell him, like, you know, Dad, The Mandalorian is a show that you could watch without having to know anything about Star Wars. It's just a great show, like, because he loves mm. Westerns. I'm like, you would love this. I'm like, Andor is a show I think you would like, too, because it's, you know, it's a kind of like a crime suspense type thing. You really don't need to know a lot about Star Wars. You don't need to, like, I appreciate the Easter eggs and all that stuff and the tie-ins and I know things, but, like, like, to me, those are two stories that you could really just be just a fan of of good writing, good storytelling, good acting, and and enjoy those. So, yeah, and, and that's one thing that I've I've I love that Star Wars are starting to do is they're telling stories in different genres, and it's mm-hmm. something that Marvel Marvel specifically have done as well. They've done different types of film genres, they've done different types of TV genres, and I've 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 enjoyed the majority of them. Um, there've been a couple of not not great entries, but um. That's a different podcast, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could go off on a completely different tangent on Marvel. What's what's been? We've obviously gone. We've also we've obviously talked through uh, Star Wars through through a lot of the years. But what has been as as, as this is going to be sort of the first released on the first day of 2024? What's been your favorite thing from Star Wars in 2023? You know, I it's for me it, it's been the the it was really tied between the bad batch and, and ahsoka i i loved um the bad batch became my i mean i said that the rebels was my favorite story uh but you know the bad batch i just i fell in love with that show and can't get enough of it um and then uh, you know when ahsoka came along um i always loved that character uh once i started to see the clone wars like i fell in love with that character and 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 the you know uh, what she brought and then when she showed up in, in Mando, um, I was like, oh, my goodness, they might be really doing this. And they did. And how it really became a Rebels season five, per se, and tying in Thrawn. And and that that was just chef's kiss for me. So, you know, I, uh, I you know, I heard all these things about, oh, you know, he's going to look different. He's going to change his cadence and all that. I didn't see any differences with him. And I thought he was absolutely perfect and just as menacing. So. You know, and as somebody who plays, I love the Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order and how they tied like the, those video games were like that. I, I was there for day one for that. And, and uh, you know, Jedi Survivor was an amazing game. And I thought, oh, my goodness, the beginning of a soak looks like you're playing, you know, this, the, the, the levels, these stupid puzzles that I can't solve, you know, that I got to look up on YouTube how to figure <laughs> out, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, you know how, how they just tie a lot of those things in. But it but it makes sense because why I love it so much is because those were all things I really enjoyed in the last year. So. Yeah, I, I, but I, I, I really can't wait to see like where this goes with Ahsoka because, uh, uh, like I said, Rebels was was such a such a, a fun thing for me because it was right about when my my son just that was his first experience of Star Wars was Rebels, you know, so he was about four years old and Disney was promoting it and he started watching it and, uh, you know, for me that's always sentimental from that aspect, but I just I love that story so being able to continue that. And then, you know, when you get live action Clone Wars in there, basically in those episodes with Anakin and the music and that just that whole scene with the, the waves and Jason saying, can you hear the lightsabers and the music? Oh, it was those are two episodes. Again, I probably rewatched 20 times. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I've watched them several times myself. It's um, they're just brilliant Star Wars and star wars in its truest sense you've got mystical elements you've got people 
on the ground sort of fighting mm-hmm. and and then without the force powers without all the all the ma- all the space magic and stuff like that you've got the the ship battles you've got you've got you've got it all in in those couple of episodes and it's to then get like the the clone wars live action it's and it was so meta when he's like this is hey this is the clone wars yeah it is like i'm like yeah. i just like threw my hands up there i'm like that's perfect that's just absolutely perfect writing yeah and and there's that there's that moment where it goes back to mandalore the battle of mandalore and yeah. and he looks around and he goes i don't remember this one and it's yeah. just like no but you should have been there yes. like if, if you'd been there you wouldn't have fallen and it's it, there's so much so much beautiful poetry in in, yep. in that in the way it's done and the way the way it was delivered and the actress they got for um young ahsoka who yeah. um obviously is is being lauded as as someone to watch um for the future for for her gamora um yeah. depiction as well yeah it's just absolutely fantastic um it, it's been a it's been a great year it has been a great year for for star wars storytelling um, across all formats obviously a lot of people focus on on the um visual medium mm-hmm. um there's been a number of great books as well and, and, yeah. and certainly comic arcs as well so um i'll probably dive into those a little bit or future james will anyway i want to hand back to him but yeah there's been some absolutely fantastic storytelling and then so yeah it's, it's been good um I've got I've got one other question which I, I am going to blindside you with a little bit. Uh, do you have any uh, Do you have any Christmas Star Wars based traditions? Um, well, that's a good question. And a, a joking Chris, Christmas tradition is is that uh, you know my grandmother years ago got me a Stormtrooper Nutcracker. So because my wife doesn't really like Star Wars, that has to go to its own special place. So that's like <laughs> one of mine. But I do have my own Christmas tree. That is just, and my wife supports this, but it goes in its own room. It is a Christmas tree that is just ornaments of Marvel, Star Wars, and DC. So it is just like those characters that go on there. Um, so that that is the tree that I put up, and 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 that is uh, my kids kind of help me with that. But it is only allowed to have those decorations. Now those decorations are not allowed on any of the other trees, but uh, so that is that is my that is my uh, that's, that's the my compromise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Great. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you for having me. Where can people find you if you don't if you don't want to give out um, sort of handles yeah, or anything? I, that's totally I fine. Am, yeah, I'm not really. I'm act, my social media. I'm not somebody who posts things. So following me honestly is a waste of time. Um, I, I think I'm on there as Darth Ridiculous. That's my that's my uh, my Twitter <laughs> handle. But uh, or, or the the alias I go by. But yeah, I'm just a consumer. I'm I'm not here to plug anything. I just. The only thing that I'm here to plug is that just be positive about Star Wars. Absolutely. That's something I, I wholeheartedly agree with. And um, and yeah, absolutely. One of the key ethos of, of this podcast is, is I want to try and stay positive. Well, I wish you podcast very well. You know, best wishes to you and and uh, hope you have a wonderful holiday. And those listening, I hope they have a wonderful holiday safe and hope you, everybody gets some time to spend with uh, family and friends but best wishes to you on this because uh, uh, I, I love like I said I love taking in this content and hearing what people think about stuff thank you thank you very much Josh and I'll, I'll hand back to future James now all right sounds good and another big thank you to Josh for taking the time to have a, have that conversation with me it was very much appreciated and very much enjoyed as well so moving on to what I have done in Star Wars in the last month, 
I have been quite a busy month with other things going on so i wasn't sure if i was going to have huge amounts to discuss but i have been able to get some stuff done tv wise i've managed to finish off my 2003 clone wars rewatch with clone wars volume 2 which i think is just brilliant it's just absolutely brilliant i love the animation style i love the stories that are included within it i i just love it I've just really, really enjoyed that entire series from start to finish. And whilst it's not canon, whilst it misses out an awful lot, it it gives everything you need leading into Revenge of the Sith. And it even gives a reason for General Grievous's cough and the invasion of Coruscant and everything else. It's really, really good. It adds a lot of texture and context to the Anakin-Padme relationship it explains why 3PO's dusty, silvery coating is all of a sudden gold uh, in, in, in episode three. There's, it's just a fantastic series, um, and I would really, really recommend it. On the comic side of things, I finished off Star Wars Volume 12, Rebels and Rogues. It was, it was decent. It was better than the, the Volume 11 um, in my view, and and if you've really enjoyed that that run, then then great. I need to finish off volume thirteen, and then I can get into the ones set in between Empire and and Return of the Jedi. Would I recommend it? Yeah, I I would. I would. Completionist, I would definitely recommend it. In terms of the actual quality of storytelling, maybe maybe not. It is in my view quite skippable. I don't feel I've missed anything by not reading it to this point. So it, it, that's a bit disappointing, really, on my side of things. I, I was, but it was it was decent enough. Single issues I've read: Dark Droids number four, very very enjoyable, and yeah, it, it's just an ongoing ongoing comic series. Don't have much more to say about it, really. I need to I need to finish off the set, which I think has been delivered to my e-reader. D Squad two, three, and four. I think i've said previously i was really apprehensive about this run and i wasn't sure how it was going to be it was really not sure how it was going to go because of the d squad connotations in the clone wars arc which i didn't particularly enjoy i'm not a particularly big fan of droids i would say but all of my notes on this one are are very much they are they center around two very specific droids which is triple zero and bt1 fantastic additions triple zero specifically being the protocol droid but also being a murderous psychopath it just makes me laugh every single time it's 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 an evil 3po which is just hilarious and overall the arc itself was was good we get a return from a clone wars character and r2 is is good fun i like i enjoy r2 he's he's a good good little droid he's a good little character I've never been a 3PO fan, but as I say, triple zero more than makes up for it. And and then I also read Shadows of Starlight number three, which I, I can't say enough good things about this portion, phase one and so far phase three of the High Republic. I can't say enough good things. I think we've really created some brilliant Jedi characters and civilian characters as well. And a villain in Martian Row that is living up to every villain before him in terms of intimidation cleverness 
scheming, anger, hatred, all of those real negative emotions are all in are all in effect in Martian Row, and he's a brilliantly written villain as well. And and I'm I'm th- I'm just thoroughly enjoying the High Republic, really am. Phase two was was good. I did still enjoy it, but so far, phase two has been the weakest for me. But anything centering around Martian Row and that group of Jedi, Avar, Stellan, Elzar, Buriaga, all of them, absolutely fantastic, and and would highly highly recommend those. Books wise, I've I've managed to get through some a decent amount of books actually with uh, Path of Destruction, which shortly upcoming. Uh, we will be going on a, on a deeper dive as part of the Spark Jedi Council over on Source Pages um, with with fellow Jedi Council members Haley, Brian, and Todd. So uh, keep keep your ears peeled for that one. I always recommend Path of Destruction. I think it's a brilliant trilogy by Drew Coppishan. And yeah, we'll go into more detail on 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 the uh, Spark Jedi Council episodes. I also picked up for Light and Life. Um, there's a moment in Shadows of Starlight number three, which has one of those sort of. For more information on this matter, consult this book. And it was, and it was the uh, for Light and Life, which I've had on my reading list for a little while. And I thought, you know what? It's only seven and a half hours. I I don't listen at one times pace. Um, so it, it ended up being about five hour listen, which was which was good for me. Quite a few bits and pieces to do and and short stories can either be really good or can be really bad if if there's a number of short stories in a row it can feel quite long but thankfully this this kept me going most of the time uh, there's the odd the odd story which i could have not listened to and wouldn't have really noticed but overall a decent book um and and collection of short stories and there is one which i believe is it's either the last story or the second to last story which answers a thread which has been hanging since phase one of the high republic so i would recommend it otherwise that story in particular that short story in particular can can give you quite a lot of background information as to why the thing happens and uh, i'm trying really hard to skirt around what it is but it's quite difficult in terms of talking about it uh it's the fate of a certain character who was left hanging and then if you listen to the Eye of Darkness, is mentioned quite early on, just fairly casually, the fate of this character and that fate is then explored in Shadows of Starlight, and then again is actually detailed in For Light and Life, second to last or last story. It's a very very good one, and for me, they've come out in a little bit weird order because I think that should I don't know when For Light and Life actually came out. So I might, it might just be I've consumed them in a, in the wrong order, which is probably more accurate. And at the time of recording, I, I am continuing with, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. I am enjoying it. I've got around about three hours left on on my on my audio book, um, and it's it's enjoyable. I, I am enjoying it. There's there's the odd story again, much like all of these things, where I'm not that bothered about it, but. Um, but yeah, I, I am enjoying it overall. It, it's better than A New Hopes from a certain point of view. And I'm sure I will pick up The Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view as well. I do have a couple of other books in my reading list before before that. So we'll see. We'll see when I get to that. 
In terms of games, I've been carrying on with my Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes account, and I have finally unlocked Galactic Legend Ray, and I am currently powering her up. She's currently at gear 12, and I am pushing hard for for the um, the rest of her requirement, rest of her gear to get her into relics and then i am desperately trying to get zeta mats for galactic legend supreme leader kylo ren grind um i've tried the tried the first tier of that a couple of times and absolutely having the floor wiped with me doesn't seem to matter what else what i do so i think i'm just gonna have to take a little step back and and carry on with the with the zeta mat farming and and push on with that i am also um continuing on the um galactic legend jabba the hut requirements and it's just it's just a daily grind it's just a daily grind slow and steady wins the race i am i'm having a lot of fun actually watching sean from galactic war reports twitch stream his twitch name is the other sean so um go give him a follow i've uh, been watching him stream his gak attacks recently I've been learning quite a lot actually as well so sean appreciate that it's helping me um, but I've also been playing Fallen Order. I had tried to play it previously. I don't know. Something, I don't know. Maybe I was just in the wrong frame of mind when I picked it up previously. But I have picked it up and gone, all right, I, I need to do this. I need to know what this story is. It's highly regarded. And I think as soon as I got past kind of the tutorial bit where you're sort of running around the scrapyard and you do the first couple of worlds and and you're still very much learning you don't really have any powers you don't really have any stats or anything like that i've absolutely fallen in love with this game and i just wish i had more time to play it it's um i think if someone asked me to describe it i would say it's star wars tomb raider and, and, and that might be that might be very common knowledge at this point in time but uh and, and apologies if it is but i i am enjoying it i've made it as far as kashik and i'm probably about halfway through kashik at the moment so I know I've still got a long way to go, but I, I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the continued journey. So that's it for me this month in terms of what I've done in Star Wars. So looking at what you guys have done this month in Star Wars, Darth Ridiculous on Twitter, who is Josh, uh, who we've just spoken to. Uh, eagle-eared listeners will actually have realized that I completely forgot to ask him what he has done this last month in Star Wars. And so that is very much on me. Apologies for that. But he was very kind and did let me know that he has rewatched Revenge of the Sith. He's added some more ornaments to his Star Wars, Marvel and DC tree. He's got the new Lego Phase 2 clone set. And he has been getting into the Black Series 6-inch figures. And he's also built the Lego Death Star recently, which is absolutely fantastic. We have also heard from good friend of the podcast, Brian, who's one of the Jedi Council members over at the Source Pages podcast, where he has picked up the Star Wars High Republic character encyclopedia, as well as picked up the Star Wars Heritage Pack, which includes Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2, Republic Commando, and Star Wars Racer which is a game that I am very much looking forward to picking up at some point. Brian has actually also sent in a voice note as well. What I did this week, um, let's see, I finished, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, the novel that has a whole bunch of little short stories about characters that were in the movie, it's canon, 
I finished uh, Inquisitor, uh, Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. Uh, I also watched The Disturbance in the Force, which was produced by our buddy Kyle Newman, which is about the Star Wars holiday special, how it got made, why it got made, all that other stuff. I put together a whole bunch of, I think about four of them now, Star Wars holiday-themed puzzles and glued them and framed them, so they're going to be up for our uh, holiday season. Put up all of my... Funkos and Star Wars Black Series 6-inch holiday figures, that decorated stuff, and uh, let's see. That's about it for now. Thank you for that, Brian. Always good to hear your voice and always appreciate the time you take to uh, send us over your, your updates. Fellow council member Haley has not had much time for, for Star Wars this last month or so. She's been incredibly busy with other projects and other primers and whatnot. Um, but she has read Darth Bane Path of Destruction which we'll be going into a deeper dive on on the source pages Sacred Jedi Text episodes. Uh, and last but not least Todd, he's been reading Darth Bane Path of Destruction. Uh, he's met up with some fellow Star Wars podcasters from the Rebel Force Radio guys. Finished decorating his Star Wars Christmas tree. He's bought some Secret Santa gifts for other Star Wars fans. He's watched a Disturbance in the Force and has thoroughly enjoyed it. Disturbance in the Force is a fan-funded documentary around the Star Wars holiday special. And the last bit of feedback we have here is from Sean from the Galactic War Report. And it's a voice note. Hey, what's up, Star Wars fans? This is The Other Sean from Galactic War Report, a Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes podcast that's better than some and worse than others. My week in Star Wars has been a fun one. Just got off the big, like, family Christmas celebration. I've still got my, my sister is coming into town this next weekend, so we'll do a little more decking the halls, so to speak. Um, but, you know, as always, Star Wars is a part of my holiday because everyone brand of my family knows just buy me some star wars stuff and i'll be happy uh as far as ornaments i always get some kind of star wars ornament i got a little six pack of hallmark like cutesy little ornaments there's like a little chewy a yoda a bb-8 a porg a little teeny vader it's it's fun um so i've got you know my my office decked out a little bit more with that i also got this really uh, you know, as I was opening it, I thought, ah, oh, neat, cool, but when am I going to use it? This Millennium Falcon multi-tool. You know, I mean, it sounds kind of neat, but holy smokes if I don't use that several times a day. Uh, at our family Christmas, I was the popular guy because if someone had a present that was hard to open, I pass them the Falcon and they're in it. Just like that. So that was fun. We do a lot of scratch-off lotto tickets, too. So the little scraper thing on the back was pretty nice. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my favorite gift. Outside of that, well, my favorite Star Wars gift. Outside of that, uh, I, I have been collecting those Ahsoka retro collection three and three-quarter inch figures. And I've almost got them all. I like to find them in the wild. So I've been going around store to store to store. And I really thought... I was going to have to break down and buy a few online, but it looks like I might be able to pull this off. I still need a chopper, but I've got several stores in the area I can still hit up. So we'll see. I know the shelves are a little barren after Christmas, but, you know, hopefully the force will guide me or something. I hope you have had an awesome Star Wars week yourselves. 
uh, or just an awesome whatever week. Maybe, you know, you had a particularly Star Trek week, and I hope that that was great, too. Uh, check out new episodes of Galactic War Report on Fridays, wherever you get your podcasts, and I'm on Twitch at the other Sean. Thanks a lot. Thanks for that, Sean. It's much appreciated. And that concludes our feedback for this month. So thank you very much, guys. Really, really appreciate the time you take. And anyone else out there wants to get in contact with the show, share what you're doing, just have a chat. Uh, you can do so on Twitter, which is at Star Wars U Pod, Y-O-U, or via email at StarWarsUPod at gmail.com. Um, and if you like what you're hearing, if you can drop us a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple is best because it does help the algorithm the most, but um, Spotify is also really good. But anywhere, anywhere you catch a podcast and you can leave a review, please do so. And before we say goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024, it would be remiss of me to not mention the friends of the podcast. They are Star Wars The Saga Continues. Star Wars Splash Page, Star Wars 7x7, Children of the Watch, Source Pages, A Reading Collective, and Galactic War Report. These are the ones I listen to on a regular basis and would recommend these to anyone else. May the Force be with you, always.